We, uh, if you've got U version open, if you've got your, uh, um, uh, you got your notes with you, or you got your your uh, iPhone or your your tablet or anything that's able to access the web and get our online notes, we're about to go ahead and jump into the middle of the second part of this series because Jesus brought to us this this new dawn, the resurrection. Everything that we celebrated last week, everything we've even talked about this morning, the, the resurrection of Jesus, it brought the dawning of a new day for us. But see, now that we've got this new day, now that we've got this new thing in our lives, we've got to figure out what to do with it. We've got to, we've got to think, what, what do we do now? We have resurrection life. We have access to this. We have, we're able to connect with God directly. We don't need this priest or this mediator. Hopefully you didn't show up here so that you could fill out a prayer card so that some pastor could pray on your behalf. Guess what? You can pray for you. You, you can get other believers to pray for you. That's one of the beautiful things of the resurrection is the, the veil that separated was torn. And we have direct access we have direct access to God himself. And so part of it, we need to be conscious of this new day. And we need to, to look forward to all that God is going to do in our lives so that we can live in the fullness of what this beautiful new dawn is all about. Now, of course, I've got six children. And um, I, I'm, God's constantly speaking to me, and I'm learning things through just daily life with my kids. And so, and um, you know, my kids are constantly being concerned that their daily life is going to be talked about, and it is. And so, and uh, this this moment right now is Keenan's turn. And uh, I love you, boy. And. Anyways, um, but this whole concept about, about understanding and then this anticipation and this savoring and, and wanting, wanting to learn. Wanting to learn, understand that there's something new on the horizon and want to learn. Well, not too long ago, in this movie theater, they, they showed the movie uh, uh, Mysterious Island. The Journey to Mysterious Island with the, the, with the, the rock. And I haven't seen the movie. And I'm, uh, my kids have seen it. But I saw the commercials. And, of course, one of the key things on the commercials is the peck pop of love. And so where he throws the berries and the rock bounces his peck and, and it knocks the berry and he says, you know, that's how you show, um, he's going to show love to, to, this, to this woman that he, this young man is going after. Well, I'm telling you, the writers of that had to have been following Keenan around when he was like nine. Because Keenan came up with the peck pop of love years ago. Years and years ago. And he came up to me when he was about nine years old. And uh, he said, uh, he said, Dad, he said, uh, I want you to teach me how to bounce my pecs. Now, he's nine. He's nine. You don't have pecs. He's nine. And, uh, but I remembered that uh, that was one of my, my, my favorite tricks when I was a kid that my dad would do. He'd bounce his pecs. And obviously, it's a, something we Clark guys like. I don't know. It's, it's, we're odd. Okay? Forgive us. And, uh, but he came up when he was not. And I was like, well, why do you want to? Why do you want to learn to? Uh, why do you want to learn about your pecs? And he said, "Well, I want to know how to do that so that when I get married, then before we go to sleep at night, then I'll, I'll bounce my pecs to my wife and say, "Look, baby, even my pecs love you.'" <laughs> and well, <laughs> it's a true story. It's a true story. 
But that thing that he was wanting to learn, he knew there was new stuff on the horizon, there was new skills, there were new things, there was going to be a someday. Well, you know what, folks, we can get to talking about the resurrection and how that's representative of the fact that, that there's a promise that one day we're going to be resurrected and united with, with God in our glorified bodies in heaven and put all of this stuff off to one day that maybe all of our learning and all of our Christian stuff is maybe connected with, with a someday. With this thing where we're this great wedding with the bride of Christ and, 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 and him, our groom, are, are connected at that point. But guess what? The resurrection isn't simply about a someday. If we push it off, we're going to miss the now. We're going to miss what's happening now. The resurrection life is for now. So when you, we show up to church, we need to be understanding and, 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 and just enjoying and gulping in all that we can and learning what we can about living in this resurrection life because that new day our new dawn is here it's not a someday it is a right now and we need to embrace it right now see matthew 4 tells us that that um leaving nazareth he went and he lived in capernaum which was by the lake by in the let me start over leaving nazareth he went and lived in capernaum which was by the lake in the area of zebulun and naphtali to fulfill what was said through the prophet isaiah's Land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali. The way by the sea along the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people living in darkness have seen a great light. And on those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. That is what this is about. Is that we were living under a cloud, under the shadow of darkness. (laughs) That's my youngest who's raising a ruckus right now. But we were living under this shadow of darkness. We were living under that. And that now this new light has come. It has come. And we're to live in light of that. It's not a someday, it is a right now. And we have to understand this. We have to understand it and embrace it completely. See, John 1, 4 says, In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. The darkness has not understood it. That's one of the things that we have to understand, is that some of these things, some of this stuff about being a believer, it doesn't necessarily completely make sense from the outside. One time I had had a, a guy who, who had been um, a, a part of our church for a while and was, was uh, learning and was, and was real wonderfully, beautifully open about the fact that he had not come to faith yet. His family had come to faith and he was coming and felt comfortable at the church. And I, honestly, I couldn't have had a better compliment ever than to say that an un, somebody was, who was undecided on Jesus was comfortable coming to our church and embracing and learning. They didn't feel attacked or whatnot. And I'm telling you, it just, it just made my day. And so, um, and uh, that he wanted to have this, this sit down, have this meeting with me. And he had this list of questions that he wanted to ask. And was, as he was studying and being diligent, which I, I think is fantastic. People ought to do that. And so we were going to have this, we were going to have this meeting. Well, between the conversation to set the meeting up and that meeting, then... The, the decision was made and he became a believer and placed his faith in Christ. And so we go ahead and we have the meeting and he opens the notebook and it's pages and pages. I mean, this guy had, was really thought about it. It was fantastic. Had pages and pages of questions. And as he's going through it, he's like, 
Hmm. Well, that one, that, 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 that doesn't apply. Huh. Hmm. Well, oh, no, this one is legit. Well, t- t- tell, me, tell me how you hear God. I want, to understand how, I want to understand how to follow God. Well, of course, a believer needs to understand that. Understand. But a number of these other things that on the outside didn't make sense and was a question on the inside with the light of God, all of a sudden it wasn't a question anymore. All of a sudden the light came on and, it's, and we need to understand that, that, the, that the, the, on the outside in the darkness, a lot of times it doesn't understand. But when the light comes, things begin to be made known. Because we need to understand this, folks, that you and I were never, ever, ever designed to live in darkness. We were never designed to that way. In fact, when we look at the creation process, before God brought us on the scene days later, God first made light. Now, when we look at it, it wasn't the sun. He makes light, and then a couple days later we get the sun. It isn't about that radiant thing we're talking about. We're talking about truth. We're talking about purity. We're talking about everything that represents God. And it was set apart from darkness. Because, folks, you and I, we need to understand that if we're going to, to really thrive, we're going to have to live in our designed use. Okay? We're going to have to live in that. Now, there's this thing kind of going around that, um, uh, that, that's on the Internet. You may get some, some like, emails or some forwards that say, Epic fail. Anybody ever seen the, that whole thing? Epic fail. Yeah, it's just everywhere. My kids say that all the time. They usually are referring to something I did. <laughs> yeah, that was epic fail. So, um, but anyways, so I, I'd run across some um, some stuff that, that, that just man, that they had a good use, but it, somehow things kind of went haywire. Who I think everybody would agree with the fact that maybe a guy deciding to take his girl on a stroll on the beach would be a good idea. Nice romantic time together. And I would even say, I would even say that if that guy has a Ferrari, that if he was to take that his girl on a ride in the Ferrari, that that would be a pretty cool, sweet idea. But I would think it's not a good idea to mix them. That's an epic fail. That did not work. That vehicle is designed to do some incredible stuff. But drive on the beach, it was not designed to do. That was a bad, bad, bad idea. Now, and of course, there's, uh, we see forklifts. I've even run a forklift or two in my day. Wasn't necessarily great at it, but I did it. And, um, of course, there were a lot of, there's loading ramps. And a lot of the teens, they like to use these loading ramps and these loading docks and stuff. And they'll take their bikes or their skateboards and they'll jump off of them and grind on them and all of that kind of cool stuff. And so, and, and that's, that's obviously a, a, a decent use for that, okay? But if for some reason a forklift operator decides that he thinks that maybe he could jump a forklift that he would probably need before he tried it, would need to think about the cargo that he's carrying. Yeah, epic fail. Bad news for everybody in the neighborhood. You don't, you don't jump a forklift. It's not, I've never seen that as an extreme sport. We're going to have forklift jumping, forklift grinding, not happening. And um, my grandmother, she's here with us this morning, and all growing up, um, she, had this little, uh, she had this little saying that she would do, and some of y'all may have, may have heard it before, about spelling Chicago. And so and she, it was a uh, chicken in a car, and a car won't go. That's how you spell Chicago. Anybody ever heard that before? Okay, we're like the only ones. Meemaw, did you make that up? 
Anyways, but which is kind of a cute little way of you know spelling Chicago. But it, the whole thing doesn't work out very well with the whole chicken in the car, cargo, all that stuff. If you try to put a different barnyard animal into it. That car went. There's some sad three-year-old wondering why some mean cow hijacked his ride. That is bad news. It was not designed for that. It was not supposed to function that way. Now, also, uh, growing up, y'all know that I'm not athletic. And so I've been very public with that. And so, but I went through a time period that I at least tried to play tennis. And, of course, you have to be fast, and it's a very athletic endeavor, and so I, I was never good at it. And so, um, um, but anyways, uh, I, I played tennis, and I um, still have the tennis racket, don't ever mess with anything. Um, and I have, I've cooked before, uh, but I've never tried to, like, mix the two. I guess if you're real desperate, and you just can't find the colander... Apparently it works, but it was not, it was not designed for that. And then we, we use duct tape like crazy around here. We use duct tape as a door handle um, and, and, and a key to close that so we can get in and out of that. We use duct tape for barricades. We use duct tape for all sorts of stuff. My dad built me a seat for my, for my bike growing up with uh, used clothing and uh, duct tape. Uh, but guys, 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 guys. Um, I want to make sure you never, ever decide to use duct tape this way. Bad news, husbands. Don't ever do that. There's a kajillion in one uses. It was created for tons of things, but it was not created for that. Whenever we <clears throat> get things that have a, have a function, that have a purpose, that have a use, and we get things unaligned, then all of a sudden, something that, would ha that could function great, all of a sudden, isn't functioning so good anymore. We were never, ever, ever designed to live in darkness. And then as you and I as believers, that's why when we get, try to go back into to the, our sin nature, and try to, it doesn't work. It never, never, never works because we were never designed to be there to begin with. John 11 says that Jesus answered, Are there not 12 hours of daylight? A man who walks by day will not stumble, for he sees by the world's light. It is then that he walks by, <clears throat> it is when he walks by night that he stumbles, for he has no light. It doesn't function, it doesn't work. Genesis 1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good and he separated the light from the darkness. That is the very, very, very beginning of creation. What you and I as believers need to embrace and to understand, okay? Because when you and I, we first come to Christ, we make this decision. Maybe you're going to do it this morning. Maybe you're here and you, you haven't become a believer. Maybe you're one of those who, who's even been with us for a while and is still learning and studying and that's fantastic, Maybe this is your first time with us and you, somebody brought you here. I mean, you're not at that place of faith. Well, when you get to that place, all of a sudden, 
the, the light comes on. I've seen the light, all those wonderful expressions. It is. All of a sudden, we step over and we embrace what God has done for us. And we, we step into the light. And we need to understand that the light is the first sign that the cre- <coughs> creation process is underway. It's the first sign. Okay, so believers, this is what you and I have to do, okay? Because what can happen is, is all of a sudden that we can have Russ who decides, you know what, he's going to make a decision and he's going to become a believer, and we're hoping. Kidding, Russ. And, uh, and uh, anyways, he makes his decision. So he has this moment, he goes public with it, and we understand that there's some, there some things that align with godliness and there's some things that don't align with godliness. And then all of a sudden, if we come to Russ and then maybe Russ has some stuff that maybe doesn't align with godliness, and then we go, Russ, what's up with this? I, I thought you made a decision for Christ. I thought you were a Christian. If you're a Christian, well, you're not going to do this and you're not going to do... Dude, what, what's, what's up with this? All of a sudden, we are questioning the beginning point. And you know what? That's where it starts. It's where it begins. We see that even in the creation of the world, that the light was the beginning of the creation, and it kept going, and it kept going, and it kept being built on and built on. You know what? When somebody says, I have embraced Jesus Christ as my Savior, that is that wonderful beginning point. That is where the foundations are set in the first part of creation, and everything begins to build on that. And just like there's this process just like there's this lineup online change just like god built in initially in creation our recreation into his image process is the same way so folks we got to be patient with each other we can't be questioning each other you say well wait a second i thought you had this great experience at this or that or whatnot well what's up with this we're still in creation process he's still working on us and we're going to be patient wonderfully, beautifully patient with each other. And guess what? Guess what? You need to be patient with you. You need to be patient with you. You say, well, wait a second, God, I I, I said I, I wanted you to change my life. And now I found myself and I just lost it with my wife. I just lost it. And I didn't want to be that husband. I don't want to be that guy. I love her dearly. I can't believe I just snapped again. God, I thought you were changing me. Why did I do it again? Oh, this thing must not be working. No, no. Guess what? Just the fact that you repented that quick, just the fact that you see the the change, the light is still on. You see the process has to keep moving. Stay with the process. The light is indicative that the process is rolling. We have to stay with the process, folks. 2 Corinthians 3. Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there, right there, there's freedom. Freedom to grow. Freedom to be honest about where we are. Freedom to to allow God to work in us. There's freedom. And we, who with unveiled faces, all reflect the Lord's glory, are being transformed into His likeness. With ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. We're being transformed. It is a process. It is a process. That's why we were open with what our video about what our church is about. If you came looking for a bunch of perfect folks to hang out with, you're going to have to find another place. Because guess what? We're all in process. And you know what? Everybody that I've ever met is. We are. 
We have to do this. And it is this process of with unveiled faces, with being honest, with taking that thing off and letting us be who we really are, reflect the glory of the Lord. The glory of the Lord. I was talking with Larry Lane about that this morning. He just talked about it in a small group. That uh, talking about the, what the Old Testament refers to as the Shekinah glory of, of God. The, the, this radiance. Even when you look at glory, it talks about brilliance and radiance and this, but it's beyond light. It is the very nature of God. And what, he, what Larry was studying, and I, I, just, I just love it, that this uh, rabbi talked about the Shekinah glory, is talking about this glory that is even a mediator between God and man. That God, who God is, coming and reconnecting. That's why you and I have to do that. When we really reflect God's love, God's patience, God's intense care for people, when we reflect that, that becomes a mediator for people. People are drawn to that. People are hungry for that. People want that. I want that. That's what we need. And people connect with that. You and I are to be a reflection of that as God, as it has been revealed in us. Revelation 21 says the, the, <clears throat> the city does not need the sun or the moon. This is talking about the end of times. And this is talking about the new Jerusalem. And the city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it. For the glory of God gives it the light. And the lamb is its lamp. We just talked about last week. The, Jesus was the lamb of God that took away the sin of the world. We begin with reflection of who God is and the restorative work and, and his passion for us. Ephesians 5 says, For you were once darkness, but now are light in the Lord. Live, 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 live as children of the light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness. Now, folks, that's a big word that people can, people can beat you up with in the church world. Right? You better be righteous, righteous, righteous. It's just what God says is right. It's just what God says is right. It's not a scary word. With all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And I love this. It says us to live as children of the light. And then verse 10 says, and find out what pleases the Lord. You know what? There, You can be a child of God, a wonderful living in the home, being a part of everything, child of God, and not fully understand exactly what pleases God. Every other thing, that's what the, all the law was about, was here's what pleases God, do it so you don't tick him off. And honestly, is what it was to point us out, the, our own lack and our own sin. Our, our, my son, we just had a wonderful 13th birthday party for him to begin to, to the process of him putting childish things behind him and becoming a man over the next few years. In the Jewish world, they, that's a, that is a, a bar mitzvah. And by the time this, this young Jewish person was to come along, then they would have memorized, memorized the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Old Testament. Memorized it. They had to know the law by heart. Why? Because they needed to know what pleased God so that they didn't take him off. There was all this righteousness and being right because of keeping everything. And they said, okay, you're about to become a man and be accountable for this. You have to know it. So we're going to make you memorize it. Well, Weston didn't memorize the New Testament. What he read was the New Testament. That he has a relationship with God based on grace through faith. That he is right with God based on what Jesus did. And see, we can be a child of God. We can live in this while we're still figuring out what pleases the Lord. I tell you what, I mean, that's what a whole marriage, when you come together, you 
know pretty much kind of how each other is. But then all of a sudden you all of a sudden your lives are completely intertwined and you are finding out what pleases the other one. That it's a big deal that the bottle and the nipple ring match. It's a big deal in my house. I can't take one and it doesn't match. I got to put the right one on there. It's a big deal to my wife. So guess what? I work it hard to make it match because it matters to her. It's those kinds of things. Last Sunday after Easter, we went home. And of course, we would bless God. Thank you for all the rain. We just call it, keep it coming, Lord. And uh, our backyard was muddy because it had rained. And so Carson's a backyard kind of guy. And he plays. And his feet were all muddy. And Carson comes in the back door. Okay? Comes in the back door with his muddy shoes. And we're not really paying attention. We're just all hanging out in the living room. He comes through the kitchen, through the dining room, through the living room. Opens the front door, goes to the mat, <laughs> scrapes his feet, comes back in, shuts the door. Said, son, what'd you just do? He said, my backyard's muddy. I had to go wipe my feet off. Well, you just walked through the whole house. There's a little mud track everywhere. He had the right idea. He knew some things needed to come off of him. He, he, he knew some stuff needed to change. He knew he didn't, that stuff didn't need to be in the house. He just got to mature a little bit in the process. But you know, but you know, you don't get on to a nine-year-old that wipes his feet. I don't care where he does it. You just don't. Woo! That was awesome. Thank you for wiping your feet. Let's try it at the back next time. You know what? We've got to be that way with each other. You know what? Some of us might drag some crud in. That maybe we should have left and got rid of earlier before. But you know what? We're not there going to rebuke each other or get on each other's cases. We're going to let God do the work. And we're going to be there and encourage each other and be a part of each other's growth process. Why? Because our growth process or recreation process is simply to let God continue to bring his light into every area of our lives. John 3 says, for God did not. We all know John 3, 16. Let's pick up 17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe him stands condemned already. We're already under the condemned state. We're not having to try to go get that way. We're already that way. That's why we just we go from death to life. <clears throat> We're already in the death part. Um, because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what he has done has been done through God. Not through an act of self, not through just great determination or willpower, but through God. Through God. So folks, here's the, here's the process. We say yes to God. We embrace the, the light of the truth of that first dawn of resurrection that Jesus died for our sins, that he is now working in us. And guess what? When he begins to shed a little more light into our lives, we just need to keep saying yes. Just say, yeah, awesome, go there, go there, go there, just keep doing that. And otherwise, if we try to push it out and stay in, in the darkness on parts of it, then we keep that recreation process from coming into here. 
I've had to, to, to work with my kids and to teach them that whenever I point something out that they need to work on, because initially when they're little, you say, oh, okay, you did this wrong. They just hold their head and it's pouty and they feel so dejected and say, no, no, no. No, no, we're not pointing that out just to, to put you down. It's this can be better. We can work on this. We can bring and begin to embrace that stuff. The rest of your life, the Holy Spirit is going to be tapping your shoulder and saying, okay, you, you need to work on this. Let's, let's work on this now. Come on, here's the next thing. We, by grace, we're going to see this fully transformed. And when the Holy Spirit taps your shoulder, you don't, oh, I thought I was pretty good at this, God. I thought I had this done. No, we're still growing. Just let the light continue to shine. Dear friend, Third John, I pray that you may enjoy good health. And that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. It gave me great joy to have some brothers come and to tell you about your faith, <clears throat> to tell about your faithfulness to the truth and how you continue to walk in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. That is simply what we do. Just stay in the light. Don't try to retract. Stay in the light. Acts 26. I will rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles. I am sending you to them to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. We're sanctified by faith in Christ and Christ alone. That's it. That is it. This living in the light it's staying there. It's saying yes once and then just keep saying yes and keep saying yes and keep saying yes as he begins to work in our lives. And then in the process, we stay in fellowship with one another, locked arms, and we keep loving on each other and being a part of that creation process and being for each other. Because, folks, when it's all said and done, the greatest act of thanks that we can give Jesus for giving us this new day is to simply live in the light of this new dawn. The old folks is gone. The new has come. Let's live in it. Let's let him continue to do his work in us. Let's let it move forward. Let's embrace every little thing he wants to do in our lives. And let it shine out to other people. That's the, that's the God they're hungry for. The God of love. The God that, that, that brings them. The God that recognizes right where they're at. That change does need to take place. But is going to walk through it with them. Not just shake a finger in their face. Oh, man, God is so good. This morning, if you're at that place where you're saying, you know what, I, I need this. I need this. I've kind of seen God as the finger-wagging God, and, and I'm recognizing now that's not Him, that He's done the work and He's pursued me. And I want to say yes to Him. I want to say yes to what He's done. If that's you... If that's you, we have a moment right here. And while everybody's heads are bowed, we're going to create a quiet moment here.